to Metal, episode 40. For this episode, I'm joined by Rob again, and for the first time guest, Simon. Hi, it's great to be here. And Simon has very kindly brought us four Death Doom albums by bands. I think before this, we'd literally never heard of any of these. No, no. I think we often end up on the Death and the Doom side, and then we go into the Funeral Doom bit as well, the really slow bit. But this sort of falls all in the middle of that, so it's been quite exciting to discover all of these. Yeah, and Simon is, uh, I'd say, Death Doom expert. I don't like to brag. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Simon, do you want to give us a... Basically explain your, your route into metal and... So my route into, into into metal, you know, just started, I would say, around about early 2014. Um, my day-to-day life, work, home, work, home, work, home, wasn't getting much, wasn't really, didn't really have much of a social life. Um, it was, well, no, I'm not going to lie, and I can probably speak on behalf of a lot of people that do that. It's, it's kind of depressing. Mm. It, does, it does get very, very depressing. Mm. And I was sort of... What sort of late twenty thirteen, early twenty fourteen? I was sort of weaving between sort of you know, do I go into the sort of club scene? Do I go to go into the sort of metal metal scene? You know, so I did did a little bit of looking up and everything else, and discovered what the two scenes were like, and and in the end, I chose I chose I chose metal music, and um, it's changed me a lot. Mm-hmm. Metal music has cha- changed me a lot, and. Um, at first, at first, my parents didn't quite see that <laughs> to start with, because you know, because I'm sort of jumping, I'm sort of jumping the belt from listening to stuff like El Devo, Celine Dion, Barry White, Whitney Houston, like so. All of a sudden, oh, bloodbath in my life. <laughs> so it was sort of like that was a, it was a bit of a change for my parents, but as time went, um, my parents. As I've always said from the, you know, about, you know, months later, you know, oh, you know, metal music's been great for you. You know, you're going out, going to all these gigs, going to festivals, making friends and everything, everything like that, you know. And um, I'm just like, you know what? I said metal music was the best decision I ever made because it is such a close, intimate family. Mm. And as I said... Metal music is sort of, you know, because the, the the saying usually usually goes, "Will drag you out out of the darkness and in, into the light." It was like that, but a very metal light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's helped. It's and metal mu- music. Now I know some of you out out there may think that uh, the metal music, you know, was all saint, saint, you know, devil worshippers and everything like. But metal music changed me a lot for the mm. better. It took me out of my dark places in life. Mm. It's really, yeah. really, really helped me and. Um, there's a lot of bands I have to take into perspective to to thank for that. Yeah, it's really cool. Simon is like kind of one of the most dedicated people in the local scene for just if you go to a local band gig, it's fifty fifty. You'll be there, like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and you buy the merch from all the bands as well, like more or less. Yeah, I mean, I try, you know, I mean, because because I think the mo- the most important thing is because as my sort of liking for for and my love for de- for metal music generally sort of sort of grew. Um, I was quick to find, very quick, surprisingly very quick to find to uh, find the the local scene. Mm. And uh, as a matter of fact, I am going to give a shout out to some to someone someone on here today. Jake Bristow was the reason I got in found the local scene. Oh, yeah. yeah, because it just so happened I was flicking through Facebook. And it said, "Oh, Jake Bristow's going to an, to an event because I'd always wanted because I mean I remember going to the Griffin when I wasn't a metalhead. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and the minute I got into metal, I wanted to see what it was like at a Griffin gig. And then all of a sudden, Jake Bristow is going to an event. Oh, oh, 
body harvest to play in the Griffin. That'll that'll work. So yeah. So for listeners, like we have this great thing in like Bristol where we've got this metal dedicated metal pub, the Griffin, which is a very sm- like pretty small venue. It's tiny. Like yeah. so, small downstairs pub, and upstairs has got essentially a converted bedroom into yeah. into small metal venue. Yes. But it's great because it gives all the local bands these chances to essentially play the sold out show. You get 40, 50 people in there. Play to a packed crowd, which is perfect when you're a tiny mm. band. And the, the dancers' pub's fucking excellent as well. They play obscure as fuck metal all yeah. the time yeah. and have an award winning selection of beers. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. I went to see a band, because I went to see a band ye- yesterday, and the headliner turned around and said, said, This is awesome, man. This is like being at a house party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it is. So, That's what makes it so. So intimate because even 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 the boys from Raised by Owls said, "Oh, this this is going to be a very intimate gig," and I'm like, "Yeah, oh, yeah that, this is Metal HQ." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Right, let's dive into one of this list then. Absolutely. Yeah. So the first band we're going to be covering um, is Hanford with their first album, Est. So, do you want to give us a bit of an introduction to that kind of sound? Yeah, yeah. So Hanford, I mean, the the, the sound the sound um, is more. A lot of their lyrical content is based on Faroese old tales, mm. and the name Hanford, if you didn't, if you case you guys didn't know, is a Faroese word that describes the epiphany of dead and missing seamen or sailors. That's very they were cool. Formed yeah. in two thousand eight um, in the Faroe Islands, um, they have won the. Battle of the Bands for Vakan Open Air and played in 2012. They've done an EP and two albums. And um, they also played one of their tracks that we're going to be listening to today uh, during the Solar Eclipse. Yeah, there's there's a fantastic video on YouTube that you have to go to watch of there just standing on the sort of coast on the Faroe Islands. They begin playing the song as the moon is coming up to cover the sun. And then halfway through, the video goes almost completely black other than the small ring of light you can see from the eclipse. And they continue playing, and then gradually the light fades back in as the moon moves away. And it, it's an incredibly powerful video. It's yeah. one, of the, one of the best music videos it I've ever seen. Great, great song. <laughs> With this band as well, like everything we're going to be covering today more or less falls into the same category of quite long down-tuned heavy songs with a combination of clean vocals and scream vocals Mm. the thing that hits straight away with Hanford and like this was the album of all four I was sold within the first 20 seconds because the clean vocals come in you're like Oh holy fuck! This guy can sing. Yeah, his yeah. voice is monumental. Yeah. And see, and see, this is what I love about about Death Doom and Doom Death is the is the there's always a bit a bit of clean vocals, a bit of death metal vocals. I love mm. a bit of both. I yeah, do, yeah. I never never can go can go wrong with the right instrumental work as well. It's beautiful. Yeah, because this is all like. And particularly, hand, uh, actually, a lot of the bands do this, but like it's very atmospheric music as well. So it's not like that kind of metalcore thing of like, oh, you've had the heavy verse now yeah. for the clean chorus to win you back over. These these guys like move really seamlessly between, and particularly on the first track on S, you have these gigantic choruses, which is the first time you hear the clean vocals, and it comes in with this amazing, you know, almost Candlemas via Leprous esque style, gigantic clean vocals. And um, the way they can move between these much harsher, like heavier sections where you've got these slower sort of uh, brooding, foreboding guitars right into these incredibly epic choruses. And the guitar, there's a huge variety of riffs on this album as well, which I really like. There's bits which are almost sort of tremolo picked and they're really yeah, sort of atmospheric yeah. with the clean vocals. And then it will go down into a heavy riff, which could be off a death metal album. 
Um, and I love that. And I think if you look into the track that we're that we're going to be playing, I can't pronounce it to save my life. Uh, <laughs> day, track two. Day, yeah, track two. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give it a go. Deido Var- Varder. We'll, we'll call it that. Yeah, yeah, but, so, but the, the sort of clean vocals of it is very sort of, in a way, in its own way, is quite operatic as well. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. It's certainly that they've got that kind of projection that you get with the kind of more operatic yeah, vocals. Yeah. It's not. And I don't know whether it's anything to do with the language he sings in, or it doesn't have the cheese of a lot of like operatic no, stuff. No. I'd say this album is completely devoid of cheesiness. Yeah. No, mm. absolutely, absolutely. And um, I say, you know, you know, there, there isn't for me. I mean, I'm probably or slowly becoming one of the most fussiest metalheads around. <laughs> um, but um, I, I can, I can safely say there, there are not many bands. As a matter of fact, I don't think there are any at all with operatic vocals that I like mm. but this one stands right out amongst the rest of them yeah and and, and actually we were kind of almost doing a disservice to the um, the screen vocals in it because yeah. they're equally excellent like these these guys do the more mellow passages really well but the heavy stuff mm. really hits hard yeah. Like, and there's sort of a third style in there as well there's these sort of like harsher almost clean almost harsh vocals which are sort of fitting in the middle yeah. um, and there will be bits where they use these together with the cleans and the harshes to create like this huge texture of different vocal styles and all coming from one guy the, yeah. the, the, the guy's amazing yeah. yeah particularly in track four which starts off with this long acoustic build he sounds like a completely different vocalist yeah. he does this really deep bassy voice um, mm. like closer to talking but still with melody to it yeah. and it was like I swear to god that's a different singer it's incredible yeah, yeah. Um, and to, to talk about some of the other instrumentation as well um, Remy Johansson who is the drummer is fantastic um, he's quickly becoming listening to these guys one of my favourite Doom drummers and um, he puts loads of little subtle things in that I really like because a lot of the time with Doom, the temptation is to do slow fills because it's slow music. And I think sometimes you can get a bit lost doing really fast fills. Um, the Oceans of Slumber cover of Candlemass's Solitude suffers from this a little bit. But Remy fits it in really well. There's a couple of really quick tom fills um, in the first song, Est. And there's a few other little triplet fills around the drum kit, which he puts into generally very slow music, but makes it fit perfectly. And I think that's really hard. You very rarely see people do that and not sort of take away from the slow momentum that it's building up. Uh, but he does that expertly, and he's got some really nice grooves as well. Watching him in some of the live videos is fantastic. So this is their first of two albums. Have you heard the other ones, Iron? No, I haven't. They've actually got... Uh, they, they've, they actually only released their... Latest, uh, their latest album late last year. Okay, so they are available. There is, they are available. Well, unless you go to HMV, uh, they're available. <laughs> pretty much, if you want to go somewhere like Amazon or or anything or anything like that, then it will it will be on there. And um, it, it apparently it is set out to be a really really good album. I'm looking forward to buying it and listening to it. Oh god, yeah! Like I haven't had time to with all these bands. I haven't actually mm. had time to get into anything beyond the four you recommended. Yeah. But this is the one where I'm like, I will be buying yeah. everything else these guys put <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. Something that's really cool about it is like how homegrown the whole thing is because. Um, it's got a really slick production for yeah. what it is and it's all done by uh, guitarist Theodore Kapanas like he does production mixing engineering on the album and it's so cool because they're, they're from the Faroe Islands which again if they're not a country you're familiar with yeah. same population as uh, Bristol and, the, and, and funny and I can, I can only imagine that with well Hanford probably being one of only metal bands of any kind 
or even any doom death metal bands in the Faroe yeah. Islands are probably popular in their home country. So um, there's one really famous Faroe Islands oh, band. Really? Yeah, Tear, the folk metal band are from the Faroe oh, Islands. Heard of them? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're they're the only band I can think of that have probably like broken yeah. out as an kind of international mm. success. Yeah. But I'd, I'd be surprised if Hanford aren't up there as like yeah. next biggest band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. As a matter of, as a matter of fact, that's uh, let, let's let's call that out. That's let's call that out for the people for the people who who uh, who follow your page on Facebook. If any of you guys know any other bands <laughs> yeah. from yeah, yeah. the Faroe Islands. <laughs> That we don't give us a shout. So so far Definitely. we've got here, we've got Hamford. So give, it, give, it, give us an give us an idea, so we can have a listen to it. It'd be great. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm sure there is a lot of cool stuff, yeah. but I mean, most yeah. of these places want to get a bit yeah, of a scene going. <laughs> but then the Faroe Islands, it's like you know, they're just they're just it's just a set of tiny little islands. That's yeah. you know, yeah. so you're probably not going to see to see much. Yeah, um, yeah. And the other thing that's really cool that I, I love it when bands do this is they sing entirely in Faroese. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's yeah. The, you know, there's no English on here, hence yeah. why we can't pronounce the songs properly. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I love that because you just hear a different style of vocal like the textures are a little bit different because the language is completely different yeah. and I, yeah I, I love it when bands do that so I think as well like people should be less afraid to sing in their native language yeah. too many bands feel they have to sing in English or they won't get successful and sadly it kind of is true yeah. but... I mean if we if we look at it I mean you know Bloodstock 2015 uh, Jassad played yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They played in their own own language, and every and and it was a it was a packed out tent. Yeah. I guess the difference there is like just an incredible kind of slam band. Like it was, it was a fucking excellent yeah, set, but it's slam. Like you can understand the vocals yeah, if they're in English. It, it, it shouldn't matter too too much oh, either no, way. No. Like you know, very true. But I can understand why bands like say we're handful do have these big choruses yeah. with very clean vocals I can see why they'd be reticent to try it yeah. but it works so well here. Beautiful. And, and I think it is like the melodies are so strong that you're going to get hooked on yeah. it no yeah. matter so whether you can understand it I can not. imagine anybody who puts all of their lyrics onto Google Translate and trying to do it with the rhythm of music <laughs> wouldn't quite work as well as it would in their home language no no, no exactly no, no. You, lo- you lose a lot of the poetry and especially with genres like this that try definitely strive for poeticism in the lyrics yeah, yeah. yeah. Something else I want to mention about the album that's pretty cool is um, there's, they change things up quite a lot between songs, particularly track five. We actually get some female vocals, mm. and I think the first guitar solo of the album. I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> they're, they're quite backing, but yeah, there's a yeah. guest guest vocalist yeah. just for that song. Because the problem, because I think I think this is this is this is where I sort of stumble a bit because I only because. Death Doom and Doom Death is such a long subgenre. Yes. It's yeah. like it's like I got other things to do, but I, I can and I can only listen to half of the album. Yeah, yeah I was I was saying to Rob, but I will give them give that a fifth track a listen to. <laughs> yeah, definitely go for it. But we were saying to Rob like before, it was like it was kind of you and recommending four albums is like there's a good chance you could have recommended four albums that are all 80 minutes long yeah. <laughs> be kind and not yes. yeah. not stretches. And this album, yeah more credit to it it definitely doesn't overstay its welcome it's only 45 minutes six yeah. tracks and it is brilliant throughout I, I don't think I don't think I can really fault anything on it Like, and as you were saying like, there's loads of little variations that go on in this like there's small little prog elements where the riffs get a little bit proggy there's like almost folk bits there's the backing vocal sections that come in 
there's bits that are so slow they do feel like funeral doom. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, with the harsh vocals over the top. And then it will build its way all the back up into one of these gigantic choruses. Yeah. So within that 45 minutes, there's still loads of variation around this formula. Yeah. I think the only other thing I've got written down is, also, they look really cool. I don't know if you've seen yes. the images. They wear yeah. suits, I believe. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're very, yeah. very well suited. Yeah. They, their band photo on Metal Archives is them all on the beach wearing suits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's really worth looking up some of the live videos as well, but it's particularly some of the live stuff. The bass tone is fantastic. Um, oh, yeah. It doesn't pop quite as well <laughs> on the album, but listening to them live, uh, the bass tone's excellent. And, um, yeah, they look very stylish playing this stuff. Guys, we're going to the beach. Great, I'll get my suit on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think that probably does it for this one. Uh, yeah, so we're yeah. going to leave you a bit of clip, a bit of a clip from track two, De Dear Vada.
second album we're covering is the Netherlands-based band Officium Trist with their fourth album, Giving Yourself Away. This came out back in 2007. So yeah, Simon, do you want to give a bit of a summary of the sound of these guys? Absolutely. So so uh, they've got as a, there's a, a majority of their of their album has a lot of death vocals, mm. but obviously there's one particular track that's uh, that's, that's that, that took that took me because what had happened is that uh, Fishing Trist were playing the Exchange oh, with cool. my with my Silent Silent Wake and mm. someone else. I can't remember who it was. I think it might be Mosh Funiber. I can't remember, but um, I just looked at it. I didn't really think much of it, and I was and I sort of went on YouTube because I bought the ticket without even listening to any other stuff. And I was just like, do you know what? I'll have a listen to that stuff. It's just going to be really cheesy sort of stuff. I'm not really looking forward to it. There was a nice bit of bit of death metal vocals, and then during the and the chorus of it was clean vocals and it was probably the most beautifulest clean vocals I'd, I'd, I'd ever heard um, a lot of their lyrical thing consists of dark, dark thoughts gloom and pessimism of all things <laughs> yeah. um, what, what a change for Death Doom <laughs> <laughs> uh, they formed in 1994 so they're a very 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 early starting band mm. but before that they were a, a band of unknown called Reincremated mm. beforehand uh, they went on hiatus in ninety eight to ninety nine, and then they reformed in in late nineteen ninety nine. So, uh, so these guys are like pretty seasoned veteran musicians at this less, point. Yeah, yeah, and a little fun fact for you as well: uh, Pim, who's the vocalist of Efficient Trist, is actually in another band that I have a CD for. Eleventh Hour, and another one. Oh, well, who's that? Extreme Cold Winter. Oh, I, I don't don't know Extreme Cold I'll Winter. Bring album, I'll bring that with me next time. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, like um, yeah. So kind of. Like referencing the last episode, this vocalist has taken over from Roger Johansson in Eleventh Hour, which is cool. Mm. So yeah, definitely got his uh, scream vocal cred. Yeah, the thing I couldn't work out with this is so they're a five piece band with vocalists, two guitars, bass, and drums. Mm-hmm. The drummer is credited with backing vocals. Is it? Does he just do backing vocals? Are the cleans also Pim, the main vocalist? I've never known. Fishing Trist, when I saw them at the gig, to ever do any backing vocals. It might be just studio albums then, so um, so he's definitely been doing the cleans as well. Because the guy who originally did the drums from between 1994 to 2008 is now doing keyboards. Okay. Yeah, because he's, he's, he's credited, he seems to be the kind of... Yeah, Martin Quackermask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got Martin Quackermask down here for drums from 1994 to 2008 and then did keyboards from 2001... To now, to now, so he's obviously weaved between the both for the first sort of seven years, and then decided just to do the keyboards. Yeah, yeah. So with this band, like it's quite a different sound to Hamford. Like what I noticed with this, and this was the album of all four that took me the longest to get my head around, is it's far more kind of repetitive and hypnotic. It's like mm. it's really, really kind of laser focused on just building an emotion, like. It will try and like, essentially make this incredibly sad kind of self-loathing sound, and they will just slowly kind of build these riffs. Like a lot of the songs will be like eight minutes long, and they have two riffs in most yeah. of the time, and like the drumming will not vary up all that much. Like everything is just making this tone. Like, and there are some massive transitions in these because they do they build those sections up. So the guitar lead on the first song, Your Eyes, is, is like beautiful. It's an amazing melody. And then they'll bring in these gigantic rhythm guitars and there's this like fantastic transition where suddenly you realise, oh, this is also really heavy and the mix mm. feels really sort of wide. The guitars really fill in that gap. 
And I really like the interplay between the sort of like relatively simplistic river most of the time and the really nice melodies that go over the top of that and then the solos. It's yeah. It's a re- it's a really melodic album actually, which I really like. Yeah, and I think I think the sort of um, the sort of keyboards in it as well sort of do it mm. do it justice to make it that a little bit more atmospheric uh, atmospheric in the nicest in the nicest way you can put it. Yeah, because whereas Hanford had like the keyboards are quite backing, and this the keyboards take a really lead part. Yeah. Yeah. But the last track of the album, Master of Your Own Demise, is mainly keyboard driven. I think it's yeah. got like a two minute keyboard outro to it and there's bits where it almost has that like gothic feel that you sometimes get when you listen to something like Paradise Lost Mm. but then there's bits where you're like oh this riff sounds like a Swedish death metal riff or something like that so I think this is something that cuts across all the bands that they have that sort of variation to their sound where they have those multiple sections which fit together and just means there's more variation when you're listening to it and it can naturally build and uh, build off of these sections one thing I did notice about it, and I couldn't shake it as soon as I spotted it, is the clean vocals do sound quite a lot like Michael Stipe of R.E.M. Like... <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Okay. Of, okay. I don't really listen to much of R.E.M. I only know them through the couple of singles that were on repeat as a kid, but yeah, he's, Michael Stipe's not a bad vocalist. It's just, yeah. this guy does have more of a kind of like rock pop voice rather than that kind of super operatic mm. thing. It's... It's far more yeah. subdued and mellow. Because there's, yeah. there's bits where it almost, when particularly when the vocals are sort of low down in the mix on more backing, like it almost feels like some bits of Alcest to me. You have mm. these almost like sort of chanting ethereal notes to it, which mm. really builds that like ambient texture to it, which I, which I really like because you don't all, particularly in death metal, that's not something you get very often. So that mixing it with Doom to create that atmosphere is really, really effective on this album. Have you you got much uh, um, this one, Simon? Not really. I mean, they've got they you know they've got um, they got a couple a couple of EPs out. They did the first EP, Mountains of, De- of Depression, this in nineteen ninety six. They've done uh, five albums, and uh, give, uh, the one we're we're focusing on today, giving yourself away, is the fourth one, which was made in two thousand and seven. And um, I believe they're going to be they're in the middle of doing a new album. Oh, called cool. the Death of Gaia, which is spelled G A I A. Uh, Gaia, I Gaia. Think I, yeah. yeah, the death of Gaia. Is he? I think that's a god of love. Yeah. Um, Mother Earth as well. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're expecting the album because they've done the album cover now. They've they've done the artwork. They've got it up on their on their website now. Mm. We're just waiting for the work to come out. Yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, so very much an active band. Yeah. Another thing that's worth mentioning that I really like um, is how they've done the harsh vocals on this because it really sounds like you're in a cave. Yes. It's got this fantastic <laughs> echo to it. Like it sounds huge. I really like the harsh vocals yeah. as well. And they, yeah, it just yeah, it just sounds like a monster. And that like that works really effectively for this because yeah. pairing that off against the clean vocals, you get that sadness, but then that rawness and that like yeah. pain to it as well from the harsh vocals. And, and the beauty about 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 this album is the is the not only do they are all their lyrics in in English, I can actually I can actually <laughs> hear what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, the, the the guy has really good projection. Like you can very much get what's going on in the songs and I think uh, as both me and Rob said first time we heard this we did not get this album so we're going to play a clip from it later but with this if you like anything about that clip just give it time let it grow on you this album takes I find like it might have been very different for yourself well I guess you saw them live first but like for me it's like third time around it's suddenly like oh I get it now like I like it really took that kind of moment I do a few criticism of of this one I didn't like the drums 
I don't like I, the drum sound isn't great on there it. There is so I think it varies a bit by track, but particularly the first track has a little bit of double bass, which I feel shouldn't be there. It sort of takes away from that empty space where where for the rest of the album it often does it quite well. Mm. Um, I, I think, like, say, like, My Charcoal Heart, it's a bit more stripped back and yeah, actually... Yeah, but all, I think that's the standout track. Yeah, also, it really reminds me of... What's the final track on Woods 5? Um, oh, is it Alternate Ending? No, or, not all, oh, the one before, one alternate, before alternate Ending. ending. Yeah. Um, Essentially sounds like, like a, a more metal version of that song, yeah. which is really cool because it's a super emotional Woods song. Yeah, and these yeah. guys have just, like, turned the volume up <laughs> on it. And it's like, that's really fucking excellent. Yeah. So if you like Woods, this is definitely yeah, a band to in that Woods band. of Ypres, yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, definitely worth giving this a go. It's, although this is more death metal than it is black metal, yeah. it's definitely a crossover. Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of ambience and atmosphere in a lot of these albums, which is like almost thematically crossing over with what black metal tries to do. Mm. Um, the only other, like this is a very slight criticism I have, is I think some of the vocal rhythms are a little bit off. Um, and maybe this is this is probably a very personal thing, but I think there are some bits in, for example, Your Eyes, where the vocal phrasing just feels a little bit random, mm. um, where it's not quite fitting in a structure that works for me. Um, I, I guess this is the difficulty of this genre, though, because it's so kind of melodic and atmospheric. If anything doesn't click for you, you've got to wait a long time for it to change to something you you kind of want yeah, to hear. Yeah, but there, there, are, there are plenty of bits of clean vocals I do really like on this, and I really like them as sort of like an atmospheric layer, almost like the keyboards. Just a couple of bits that didn't quite gel with me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the only criticism I would pers- personally have, I don't usually speak much of criticisms of any bands, to be honest, because, well, I collect them for a reason, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. But I think the only one through the particular track that we're, that we're going to listen to was there is a bit that I could hear a lot of bass. <laughs> I, this is where it's, I, I like that. I, I'm, I'm very into a bass being yeah. turned right up in an album, but it's not a common metal aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. This is a bit from My Charcoal Heart.
Right, the third album we're covering is Forest of Shadows, actually not an album, but their first EP, uh, Where Dreams Turn to Dust, released in 2001. Yes, yeah, so you're saying this is a band you are really into, Simon. I absolutely love Forest of Shadows. Like there are there are plenty of bands out there that I do love, but this one I love so much. <laughs> <laughs> like because you can you can understand again what he's saying, what the what the lyrics are, and they they're they're brilliant they're absolutely brilliant you know they they sing a lot about sort of about um sorrow death sadness that sort of side yeah yeah but on on more of a a seasonal in a seasonal sort of way yeah sort of like they talk because he talks about um you know sort of a mist of uh in in snow Mm. and the mist of falling grief so mix it in with sort of um sort of misery sadness sorrow and death in winter for yeah, example, yeah, yeah. So they were sort of they were formed. Well, actually, I say they. He was formed in 1997 because he's actually a solo project, and he and he has had band members in in the past, but he has always solemnly done it as a so as a, as a solo project, except for this EP, actually, except for the EP. Yeah. Yes. So it, so uh, Nicholas uh, Froghagen um, is like on guitar, synths, vocals, program drums, all that kind of stuff. But on this album, he was joined uh, by Mick Anderson, who he who's credited with like guitars, bass, synth, violin, programming. So clearly had a huge hand in it. But he's also credited him since because I think he only did this EP with them. But he's saying he kind of, like he was the guy who finally took all his like myriad ideas about music and mm. all his bizarre song structures and everything, and went, let's tighten this up, let's drop a few bits. Let's make a really mm. solid, cohesive product. And he kind of inspired him to make this more stripped-back, doomy sound rather than it being, like, just complete mad prog music. Yeah, yeah. Because I think, I think the intro to this album is fantastic because you start off, and as Simon was saying, was sort of like the, you know, almost like nature seasonal vibe yeah, to what's going yeah. on. You start off with this amazing, like, bit of flute music and you mm. think... What earth am I listening to? And then it will drop you in with like this much heavier section with this keyboard-led, really melodic um, sort of riff that comes in and those melodies. And it has that feeling of the first song's Eternal Autumn. It does feel you like you're in an autumn forest. When you listen to this, it evokes a place and a feeling of like a time and an area. And that continues with things like, you know, the violin later on, the use of the clean vocals as sort of that extra texture on top. Um, and the production as well, which, you know, it's a first EP, and the first time they've put something like this out. But the production, I actually really like it. No, I, I, it has this almost stripped back feel to it. Like, almost like, in a way, not the same, but a similar idea to earlier black metal bands. Well, I'd say what I find really reminiscent, particularly in the production, the kind of sound of it, was Opeth's Morning Rise. Mm. Back when Opeth were that more kind of black metal-y band. Because yeah, for yeah. a Death Doom kind of band, these guys far more air on the black metal side of things. Like, his scream vocals are far... Higher and raspier, whereas all the guys who covered previously are super guttural. Because I mean, if you listen to like the stu- to uh, to Etern- Eternal Autumn, he can do like a sort of high pitch high pitch start with. Then, as he finishes one sort of part of the lyrics, he goes he goes lower mm. and then starts going up again and then down again. 
Yeah, yeah. Clean vocal-wise, um, actually, the the track Wish in the middle of this e- three-track EP... Mm, beautiful. ...really reminds me, um, like particularly in the clean vocal melodies, of the very early Orphan Land stuff. Yeah. So before Kobe got the ability to sort of sing super high, he does these great kind of like bassier, but still very melodic sections. And uh, Nicholas really nails that kind of mm. just quite mid-range clean singing. Yeah. But it's super emotive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and plus again, it makes it again, again. This is where Doom, Death, Death, Doom sort of goes right. Where, where when whilst he's doing the clean vocals, it just feels atmospheric. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I was actually saying, I was actually saying to I can't remember which one I who I said it was. I said it was to you, wasn't it, yeah. Phil? I said the best time to listen to Forest of Shadows is when it snows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all got that, it's it's one of those where it, it has that right feel to it. Yeah. It, it evokes a feeling of time and place and yeah. even season on this, yeah. which is yeah. special. I said, even autumn. Like, yeah. You know, you could, yeah. You, could be, you could be in, exactly in a forest or somewhere with lots of trees around that would be a perfect time to listen yeah. to that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't work too well on a summer's day. Oh, no, no. I was just thinking that. I was thinking <laughs> I would never listen to that they, they, Yeah, there would be a strange one to see at the day during anytime, the festival in the summer. <laughs> anytime during spring, autumn or winter is the perfect time yeah. to listen to Forest of Shadows because you get that. Because you, if you're outside and it's cold, it's sort of that right feel to it. Mm. And, the, and there are hints of what you were saying earlier, like the sort of more proggy tendencies. Like There's a bit that I, really struck me towards the end of Eternal Autumn from the first track where it almost feels like the track's going to stop completely and then it just gets right back into the melody and it's, it's really like little subtle things but it just sort of keeps you on your toes a little bit when you're listening to it yeah yeah it, I, I think the, this one had the most variation I think it's really helped by all the just the variation in instruments using all those acoustic instruments like a, a flute and violin and mm. I, think, I believe there's acoustic guitars on it as well like it has a bit of a folkier sound to it because yeah. of all these kind of instruments. Like the start of it almost sounds like really mellow folk metal. Yeah, like yeah. Not not that I ha- like I don't have an issue with folk metal. Because no. I, I was only researching this because I can't I can't remember the first doom death metal band I actually followed was. I think it may it may very well have been Officium Trist. Oh, actually. cool. Mm. And mm. Um, it was just so it just so happened that I enjoyed that particular song so much. Obviously, I was doing my research into into more more doom death and um there were a lot of things i was liking i wasn't liking and then all of a sudden this this forest of shadows song came up and um and i listened to it and as you said the you know with the starting off of the flu it just made it think i just sort of sort of thought well this is not really anything <laughs> yeah. special and then gets right into it and i'm like oh yeah, oh, yeah. this is nice <laughs> it sort of comes out of that mellow intro into like Oh, but well, this is really yeah. going somewhere. Yeah. And again, it's got these like beautiful, sad guitar leads in like an almost similar vein to some of the stuff in Officium Trist. But one of the things I really like is how they play this off against the harsh vocals at the same time. So it is that idea of sadness and rawness, and that contrast I think is really nice. Like mm. it almost sums up the whole like emotional point of the album just with that sonic element of mixing the harsh vocals and the like sort of beautiful melodic guitars. Mm. The thing I do want to get to is um, these guys. So they, this we're talking about the first EP. They've done three albums since, and kind of like Nicholas has definitely grown this into. 
yeah. a, like a far more kind of full project. This is certainly his kind of raw beginnings. Simon has kindly brought along their latest album, but it's still in its packaging. It's still yeah. in its packaging, and we're, and, uh, <laughs> we're gonna we, we might listen to it without you. We might not. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah. all I was gonna say is I, I wanted to mention as well. Simon is like an avid collector of albums. You have mm. an insane collection yeah, so, from what I saw. So I have I have roughly around about eight hundred and fifty CDs. And um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. When I speak, speak, speak about Forest Shadows, when I say that uh, that when dreams turn to dust was a very, very <laughs> difficult buy. Yes. <laughs> um, and it just so happened that uh, a bookshop I went to in Newtown, not Newport, people, come on now, um, in Newtown, were selling that that very EP, <laughs> and. Um, I just thought, well, it's the only one here, so I'll take it. So, guys, if you want to try and buy it, I wish you kind of the very best because it <laughs> is quite a tricky buy. I would check Discogs first before trying anywhere else. It's very easy to get a digital copy, though, so yeah. it's probably digital the way copy, to go. Enough, I'm a CD collector, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you, you definitely have that. If you like a band, you've got to have the physical product. Yes. Mm. Just fair enough because, you know, it is a good way to keep bands going if yeah. you, you, you're picking up the digital stuff and I, and I think, oh, but, solid stuff particularly when you've got something that's so rare like it's yeah. quite special to have a copy of it you know when you think there must be only be a couple of hundred of these in the yeah. world and th- you've got one of them yeah I think the only only niche with it is is that yes it was second hand and the front case of it is a bit is a bit smashed up <laughs> but I didn't care I thought no. I won that EP yeah. <laughs> I think as well it shows kind of how kind of in house all this stuff is done because the artwork and everything is so kind of raw and clear that they've, they've put this together on yeah, their yeah. own PCs yeah. and yeah. but I like that like for a band's early stuff I really like this kind of very kind of focused they had this idea they wanted to do it and didn't need yeah. any record label help yeah. or and I think for doing it themselves like they've done a pretty solid job with the cover art like it's evocative it makes you think of the sort of thing they're going for yeah. with you know MS Paint and stuff you could do something that's horrible and cheesy very easily and they've avoided that yeah I'm just looking looking now. It says here, I don't know if this is a record label. It might be a record label. It says here, Rage, Rage of Achilles. Rage of Achilles put it out, but it's, I, I'd be amazed if it wasn't the guys basically doing all the work yeah, like, right. internally on this. I yeah. mean, I'm completely guessing at that. Yes, so, got it here. All that. Cool, cool. Yes, so for this one, we're going to play a clip from the middle track, Wish.
final band we're covering today is the UK-based band Twilight's Embrace and their first full-length album by Darkness Un- by Darkness Undone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Simon, um, how did you come across these guys? So they were announced for last year's edition of Birmingham Metal Festival in Bromsgrove. Um, the minute I saw they were melodic doom death, I instantly turned around and said to Jake, who goes with me to the festival yearly, is like, Jake, the doom death, take notes. Because <laughs> yeah. they are a, I'm, I'm anticipating that if they're not, if they were never announced for Birmingham, they wouldn't have been that all good a band. They have been announced. They're going to be a good band. Let's mm. listen. Let's listen to them. So they were formed in 2010 in Nottingham. Um, they did their first. I was doing a bit of research on on it on on metal archives actually. The way when no sorry not metal archives on their Facebook page, they did um, two EPs. They did Reflections in twenty ten and Traces in twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah. Now Reflections took took the attention of a lot of critics, which which was the reason they ended up on a Bloodstock bill in twenty eleven. So um, after they did that, after they did that, they did Traces, their EP in 2012, and then they did their first album by Darkness Undone in 2014. Um, they went on hiatus after the album, okay. and, and um, they came back late late 2017 to uh, to do some studio work. What they've done yet is not obviously they've they've been on the choir for a little while. Mm. Um, there's not really been much since from them. I, I think actually they've released an EP since this album. I think in yeah. the last couple of months, like yeah, because yeah. Which... I know they've got the new album they got out this year, Penance. But uh, since then, I, I I personally haven't heard anything. But yeah, so the, this is like a, a fair. I, I think it's recorded independently, like self released kind of thing. Mm. But this this is a really interesting one. It's a six piece lineup. So you've got vocals um are you free guitarists on it i think yeah, they, i yeah. think a guest like a guest lead guitarist for the whole album but the thing i'd say really separates this from the free bands i had before this is the most rock influence of the lot yes. i felt this yeah. had a real kind of classic rock kind of bombast to it like a lot more groove to the riffs than a lot yeah of the the, the, there are bits listening to this that i almost that almost sounded like death and roll riffs yeah like, yeah like almost a much slower version of something that entombed might do which was quite interesting because they shook up the pace in quite a few sections there's bits where it felt like faster melodic death metal with sort of classic rock influences yeah. Um, which is like it was quite nice to see there is that diversity in Doom Death where people will take lots of different influences and put them in. Yeah, and a v- vocalist um, Andrew Walmsley is fucking incredible. Like, he's, he, he's got he's yeah. got a really good rock voice, yeah. but then his scream is pretty powerful. Yeah. And I was actually telling Rob earlier, and it's even better live. What I'm saying, much better. <laughs> I'm saying, me and Rob have seen the vocalist perform. Yes, because we've seen his death metal band Beyond Grace play. Right, yeah. Rob and no, I do. Yeah, yeah. And as a matter of fact, I think I don't think he's actually English. I believe he's from South Africa. Is he? Yeah, okay. okay. So, yeah. Yes, I believe so. Mm. The only reason I say I believe so is because he was wearing a South Africa hoodie after the set. Well, okay. Yeah. Fair well, enough. He did have a little, little hint of an accent on him. Mm. But yeah, like he, for both bands, like Beyond Grace, I'd highly recommend checking out because we saw him years ago supporting yeah. the Monolith Defcon. They're really good kind of progressive tech def. Like they were really inventive. And this is completely different sound wise to that band. So it's, it's really cool he's versatile enough to front these two projects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing I'd also say about this is it's got probably kind of the most polished production of the four we're covering. Mm. This feels, 
this feels like a bigger budget release, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a little fun fact about about the bands as well is that uh, is that they're actually in another band as well who were also at Beer Again Metal Festival. Oh yeah, mm. a band called Fjords. And I'm not who, aware of who who they label themselves as prog. But I think they're the same. They're they're doom death again. So yeah. so they'll be they'll be worth checking out when we when we do another episode of this. Oh yeah, definitely. And the thing is, doom death does tend towards prog because you've got all these great eight minute long songs with loads and loads yeah. of riffs, loads of movements in them. And I think this band totally fit into that. This this album's seven tracks long. There's nothing under five minutes on mm. it. It, it. Every song has got loads and loads of riffs. And, and I really like to talk about the production as well. The bass is really quite clear on this. And I really liked that. Like, just adding those extra elements really fills out the atmosphere. And I think that might be one of the things that makes it sound so polished. Because it's got that really fat bass tone yeah. mixed in with the guitars. Just the whole kind of... Just the whole force of the album is that yeah, a bit more, yeah. and I like I do I do really like that super echoey drum sound as well. It's going back to that like feel like the drums are being played in a cave or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, and, uh, it just has an awful amount of force to it, and that works for this genre perfectly. And also to check out, and also just to make sure, just for the people out there to check out their one of their music videos. I can't remember what it was, but I know. Uh, the guitarist was walking in sort of a snowy forest again. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so um, there is a good element of, of death vocals and there's a good element of clean vocals. The mm. clean vocals are breathtaking. And as I said, yeah. they certainly are a band to see live. So if, you, if mm. they are playing in your area, go and see them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, like I need to keep an eye out because these guys strike me as would be a very yeah, good live yeah. unit. And they don't play very often either. Mm. Okay, yeah. So... I, I don't know how you feel about this, Simon, but to me it seems like they'd be a really good introduction to Death Doom in general, particularly of the bands we were talking about today, um, with the sort of difference in production and the sort of more classic rock as well as the like, uh, death metal as well influences they're bringing in. I feel like they'd be a great starter if you haven't really explored this genre yet. It would depend on where, where you're, where you're going to put them and who they're going to be, who, who they're going to be sort of supporting, I, yeah, I, I yeah. guess. Like, you know, oh no, I it, think what Rob's more saying in terms of if you were going to give someone an album to get into Death Doom, yeah. say yeah. of the four we've got today, yeah. That would be his choice to oh, give yeah. someone. Oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely see, see, see one. It would either be it would either be this one, or it would be it would be Hamford's F. It, yeah. it would be yeah. and it would be trapped to the start with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think with Hamford because you've got that kind of way of just the, the vocals are in, insanely good. And like, the good yeah. thing about the second track of Hamford is it starts clean vocals. Mm. So that to me would be probably one of the best ways of a starting point. Start from the clean first, then as the as it gets a little later into the song, the death metal st- yeah. vocals start coming yeah. in. So it's all that sort of yeah. way to sort of slowly weave you into it. <laughs> I, think, I think Twilight's Embrace would be quite good from someone who's coming maybe from the death metal direction as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. it's got a lot of those bits and that like yeah. bigger production, those huge vocals. Yeah. Like someone who's into death metal, you go, right, I get that. And then you start to get more into that like slower, more atmospheric area of the Doom influence. Mm-hmm. One of the notes I made actually was this was the most death metal sounding of yeah, the lot. When so. they go into the death metal bits, they do like they yeah. if they just focused on the death metal, they could be a really solid death metal band. Yeah. Whereas some yeah. of these others, I'd say their melodic elements are definitely what really sells mm, them. Yeah. These guys, the heavy bits really sell them. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that might be because I don't know if you saw who does the mixing and mastering on this. Oh, I didn't actually know. It's Greg Chandler, the vocalist of Esoteric and Lich King. Oh, oh really? Right. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Who is one of my favourite death metal vocalists. Yeah, he's fantastic. <laughs> nice. 
Fair enough. And so I'm just doing a bit, just doing a bit of research. I, I'm assuming they haven't had any changes or switch over of band members. I think the lineup's been fairly solid, but I mean as well because essentially this is their debut. If you ignore the, they've EPs. only ever they've only had two members in the past, which is uh, mm. guitarist Dan Snowden and the vocalist uh, Dean Christopher. But it's got a question mark until 2012. <laughs> so Dan yeah. Snowden as well is um, still on this album, but I think he's yeah, I think he's listed as a guest. Yeah. yeah yeah. The sort of but lead I think, but, I think, but it's to be to be brutally on to be brutally honest, Adam Walmsley has done a excellent job on the vocals, and again, mm. they he, his vocals are really really powerful. I think yeah. this this kind of genre very much lives or dies on the vocalists. Like you can't you if your vocalist isn't brilliant, yeah, it's very hard to sell a band from this because. You need those huge yeah, melodic yeah. hooks. I think because because it's such an emotional genre in a way. All of these albums we've talked about are really going for evoking often a feeling of sadness, mm. and you need that sort of human connection a lot of the time mm. to make that work. Yeah, but yeah, this this is an incredibly solid debut, and I think definitely a band to follow and follow the various other projects they're they're mm. involved in. We're we're lucky enough being based in the UK, we'll probably get to see quite a lot of these yeah. live. Yeah. Might be a while before some of these uh, tour the states and well, so on. I, I'll say I know who I can speak to to get to get a band like this to Bristol. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think I think that pretty much covers it for them. I was just going to say, so Simon did this massive project a while ago where he went through like a couple of hundred Death Doom bands, picking out your favourites. Yes, essentially. yes, did. Have you got any recommendations to the listeners of like? other albums if they like this stuff what other bands should they have a look all at all I can say is oh my days I wish I bought the list with me now <laughs> we, we can share I listened, it on. I listened yeah. to so many I listened to about 14 pages worth of it <laughs> and all of it was half a track because I thought if I'm going to get this done I'm gonna, I can only listen to half track but I suppose if there is two I could say to be okay. fair yeah. to um, to to recommend people, and there are actually two that I actually bought on a on a record label called Toad Street. I'm not aware of the label. No, it's a really really good label. It does predominantly black metal, but it does that element of doom death as well. There is a Finnish band called Coolerman Laxo. Okay, yeah. brilliant brilliant band. But I might have to get you to send us a link to that one yeah, so we can so share there, it later. It is a very, it is a very, very light spell. K U O L E. M A N L A A K S O. It's a great, great. And the other one I listened to that is now part of the collection is a Druid Lord. Again, don't know. Again, but they've got more of a hint of stoner to it, as you can imagine. Druid, Druid, you know, the Druid Lord, because the album cover certainly shows that it's not just Doom Death. It is also has got a little hint of stoner mm. to it as well. Okay. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, it was only thanks to that Doom Death collection because I'd originally. Um, bought Morphal Congregations collection. Yeah, yeah. Gone off of that, and now all of a sudden it's back in my collection again. Okay. Right. So along with uh, Morning Beloved, because actually I thought oh, I got yeah. rid of I got I thought I got rid of Morning Beloved's collection, and uh, as I was looking through the CDs that should have not been in my collection, there was Morning Beloved. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But there are so many bands out there. The next time that I make an appearance to the, to this to to uh, to the to the the podcast guys, I will make sure I have that list with me, and we can talk about men, many of them. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds great. So yeah, hit us up with your your favorites as well, because this is like very much an un, 
like a genre that's not very well known. It's and, not yeah. doesn't get a lot of love, and it's it's one that would never probably never headline a, a festival no. or or, mm. or as such. You know, not well, not now, not now at least, or in the past. No, I, I don't. I think Doom doesn't have, say like black metal has like got a massive hipster appeal recently. Mm. Like you're seeing like a lot of people wearing mayhem t-shirts yeah. that yeah. possibly were thrown as well. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So black metal's kind of got that massive boost. Death metal's always been an obvious choice yeah. for festivals because yeah. it's very lively. Yeah. Like, yeah. but yeah, Doom's a hard sell as well because. Doom bands have this real thing of like just struggling for the say like middle of the day at yeah. a festival yeah. out <laughs> yeah, in the sunshine. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing like swallow the sun on a sunny day and just it, it just all feeling a bit Some... like this is the wrong. Yeah. We need <laughs> snow. Speaking, yeah, of, which, yeah, speaking yeah. of which, they've actually been announced for Bloodstock. I don't know if you guys saw. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah and yeah. it is going to be on the main stage in the middle of the day. They should. <laughs> the sort of Doom Death Band should be playing the Sophie stage realistically. They, they should be yeah. in the small. Realistically. Yeah. In a tent where it's dark, kind of works. Yeah. Like let let everything get dark and bleak. Yeah. But yeah. the problem is, yeah, because they can't make that jump from the small stages to the big stages and remain because yeah. that big pool. Because doom, doom and gloom, sort of like you know, on that sort of side of thing, just doesn't suit a sunny day at Bloodstock. No, no, it, it really, really doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is... But they're good for indoor festivals and so on, and I think Doom is finally getting a bit more credibility and attention. Mm. But it's, it, Doom in general has always been a kind of malign I genre. I hate to see Forest of Shadows ever play the main stage in broad daylight. <laughs> yeah. would, I would yeah. hate to see that. It, it would feel rather wrong. Like, yeah. But yeah, so do hit us up. Let us know, like great bands like in the genre. Because although me and Rob really enjoy the sound, we're far from experts in yeah. it. And I'm like Simon here, who very much has done the <laughs> done the work. Um, yeah, so hit us up on Facebook, uh, Phil's Breakfast Metal, on Twitter at Breakfast Metal, or if you want to get in touch by email, Phil's Breakfast Metal at gmail dot com. And if you'd be so kind, a review on iTunes would be amazing. I saw there's actually quite a few up on the American iTunes, which is different to the British oh, one. Oh, right. Okay. I didn't realise that. <laughs> didn't yeah, realize so that thanks know. very much to the few people who yeah. did that. So to play us out, we're going to leave you with a bit of Twilight's Embrace. Uh, this is track four from the album Fragments.
show.